Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. We've got to do an official Merry Christmas because it's not yet Christmas. No, to us it's, it's only September, but uh, to you, nope, no, I'm not. joking. <laughs> <laughs> For a second then, I genuinely thought you thought it was September. Uh, I was going to say October, but I thought, for some reason I thought September was funny, but actually no, October would have been funny. Yeah, it's ineffable, it's hard to describe why. Honestly, failing to, to find, to find any of this. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder whether I've now passed it. Cause I, right, today I've had a headache, so I, I treated it with beer, mm-hmm. which has, I do feel a lot better, mm-hmm. but I also feel. Making me feel, yeah, <laughs> making me feel more festive, I think. Yeah, Merry Christmas I think beer. So. It's yeah. a nice cheery Jolly. atmosphere. Maybe you should have a drink when you listen to this. Go, pause the recording and come <laughs> out have a stiff drink word. and come back. Don't listen to this first thing in the morning, whatever you do. Um, this is a this crazy is, story. Yeah. <laughs> this is a crazy story, a podcast from the Overtake where we tell crazy true stories. I'm Robin. <laughs> I'm Rick. <Hi. laughs> I'm Abby. After last week where you both said at the same time yeah. this week no nobody no said, said it. it we should just establish it we should just like go clockwise I could point should I I could be like yeah, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. I like that we had a, a simpatico just reading each other I think you could do you know there's there's those games where you uh, are blindfolded and you have to like some way you like take in turns. Mm. So if you were both blindfolded, you had to like you have to like sense when to oh, go. I'll bring a game to the Christmas party. Oh yeah. Called uh, uh really boring it's called the game, but it's not that the game. Oh. It's a it's a card game, right, where you've got two piles of cards. One is one to a hundred. Yeah. The other is a hundred to one in that order. Okay. And oh no yeah, and then and then you each have a hand of cards with various numbers in it. And you have to place down all your cards in the correct order as a group <gasps> without oh. saying anything to any, like oh. each other. Uh, and you have to do the same when you put your hands in and you like sync your minds. So, like, that's what all like, <laughs> right. the, yeah, what the wording yeah, is in the book. That. That'll be fun whenever. Yeah, it's drunk. it's yeah. so fun and so addictive. Yeah, and like at first, I was like, yeah, psychic, come on. The, f- the first time you play it, and like you have a full run where no one says anything. And you put all the cards down, right? You're like, oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> it's actually funny because I was thinking, what if I don't bring a game and I just bring my Xena cards and we just work out how psychic everyone is? <gasps> oh, oh, and those are yeah. things with the triangles and the yeah. circles on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Let's mm. just do that instead. I'm not psychic, psychic except for when I watch programs where someone's done a crime, documentaries where someone's done a crime, and I can always tell when they're lying. Or at least I think I can tell who it is. Yeah. Also, people are really bad liars. People so, are bad liars. Yeah. Also, TV shows are predictable. No, I don't. I mean, I don't mean a drama. True I mean a, do- a documentary. Uh, yeah. Um, should we do some Christmas stories? Yep. Yeah. What's the theme of yours? Rick? It's not Christmas. You fucked up. Chris. I don't want to say. I don't. The theme. I don't want to give away. Wait, it's f- it's a fun story. Okay, that's friends, yeah. Mine is quite light-hearted as well. Oh, that's good for yeah, Christmas that's then. Good, yeah. yeah. So I think for, for once, yeah. the listeners story. are in for a treat. They might have a jolly old time. <laughs> yeah. What's your title? Do you have a title? Uh, I've got a a Christmas subtweet. Oh, oh uh, mine's, I'm so glad you said tweet. <laughs> mine's. Um, I said this a lot this afternoon. I couldn't stop saying it in a Scottish accent. A Christmas scorn. <laughs> and is that, is that the Scottish accent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're joking. No, it was fine, it was fine. Um, oh, by the way, someone from St. Helens was in today. She's called Ella. She's a new intern. don't know. No. You don't know her? No. But she's from St. Helens. I know. Bizarre. <laughs> um, she had a different accent to yours. That's the thing about St. Helens. Is she all, more she more Uh More mank than you. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, St. Helens is like one one of them's a scouser and the other one's Mercunian. Yeah. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. No offense to her, but Dolphins do not care about this. They so, don't, no. They don't. Unless they're from St. Helens and then they're like, ah, they've got us! Oh, like, yeah, we'll back, we'll back forever. Yeah. It seems like you have similar vibes mm. going on to Robin should go first, maybe, All right. since we did last time. Boom, let's do this. All right. So. 1843. Whoa, this is one hell of a subtweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a subtweet from before Twitter. Yeah. Was, it's actually not to do Twitter remotely. Um, oh, but, oh you don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie, you know, yeah. with titles now, are we? Well, it just, it, it, it's like it has subtweet, subtweet yeah. vibes, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so 1843, mm. the English economy was transforming. So there was the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. So people from the countryside were coming to ta- towns to work in factories, and rather than working on a farm, they would be like toiling long hours in a factory. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than toil out in the fresh air, they're toiling <laughs> yeah, this workhouse. Toil, in, in a much more repetitive <laughs> yeah. job. I, I hate um, you being healthy and working yeah, around. Maybe I should air. have some fingers snipped <laughs> off in a minute. Yeah. Get my hair caught in a loom. Um, <laughs> do you ever. <laughs> do you know what I'm on about? Like, no, imagine if you on. with your hair oh. caught in a loom now. <laughs> Oh, that's funny to you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, this makes it doubly funny, but it's the second time you've mentioned a loom today. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> the it was the first time together. the fruit of the loom. It was, I did a, I did a mime. What was the mime one? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, mime is not good for podcasts. It's it not no. made for good. Was, oh, it was we're the doing Love Actually guy. guy. Yeah. You know, the one who holds up the signs and then he takes the, one the, away. The shit Bob Dylan. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I was doing, I was doing. The, the worst best friend in cinematic history. Yeah, exactly. I was doing a of the West best friend in cinematic history and I was holding up the signs and I was taking one away like that mm-hmm. but it just looked like I was working on some kind of weird loom you're doing it now so, it does yeah. look a bit loomish yeah. yeah so if, if as listeners if you imagine you're holding up signs and then taking the front one away and taking the front one away in a repeated motion then that is what I was doing anyway <laughs> back to the looms it's robbing the looming class <laughs> Do you ma- did you not when you learn about the industrial revolution did you not learn that Totally. Women got their hair caught and got their whole scalp ripped off. I mean, yeah, you would. Yeah, but did you not learn that? Well, like, like kids put their fingers in and got them snapped off. And oh, stuff but not and... about the scalp. I thought that was well, a universal learning about experience. It probably resonated with you because you're a woman. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a I young just, boy. I I'm thought, also just a person who's afraid of, having my, <laughs> afraid of having my scalp ripped off. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, so that's that's a sitch. Um... There's a, a new field of study mm-hmm. called political economy. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it and it's basically what we think of as uh, oh god, what do they call them? Economists? No, the type of, the type of economist. Ah, oh, annoyingly, I read a really good economics book talking about this stuff, and I've forgotten it now. But you know the Scottish the Scottish economists. I don't know. It'll come back to me. There's a type of there's a type of economist from that era. Jacobin? No. Jacobin. It's a much it's a much more normal word. Anyway, it'll come back to me. Um so uh there's this guy this dude called Adam Smith and there's this other dude called who I think most people have heard Adam of. Adam Smith's Smith. like a major Yeah, he's like the main well known economist. There's this other guy called Thomas Robert uh Malthus. Have you heard of him? No. It might be Malthus. I'm gonna call him Malthus for the purposes Maltus. of this. But I think it could be Malthus. Um, and he Malthouse. was no Maltus. Um, and he and so he um, his the whole thing was like so. Uh, yeah, his whole thing was about self interest. He was a mm-hmm. reverend, and he was like, basically, um, the problem is that there's too many people, and we're always going to have these cycles of boom and bust mm-hmm. because of the numbers of people. Um, which I'll explain in a bit more detail. But at this point, (laughs) at this point, let's introduce Charles Dickens, um, who is the hero of this story. Oh, he's a hero of a lot of stories. Yeah. Also, but if you're his wife, he's a villain because he's actually quite a horrible husband and cheated on her a lot. He was a he was a top shagger. He was a a top (laughs) shagger. But But you would, wouldn't you, if you got the chance? I think not. Not to defend (laughs) adulterous behaviour. I think. For Victorian authors, or, or that strata of 
upper middle class mm. that he occupied. But he... It was accepted to have a wife and a mistress. Okay. And one you loved and wanted to be with, and the other was your wife. Oh. Sounds <laughs> like an old timey life, for example. That's a good wife, joke, but, yeah. Yeah, but you yeah. married one for the dowry, and then you shagged uh... the other one for the loving. Ah, oh, okay. That's I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> romanticizing massively. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's only the same as like I remember like uh, Sharon Osbourne saying about Ozzy Osbourne that like they were married, but like sometimes, poor, yeah. well, sometimes yeah. she knew that he was off shagging someone, and she was like, at the end of the day, like I couldn't be too upset about it because like if some young hot person offered to shag you, you want to say yes. And I was like, all right, Sharon, each to their own. I was saying yes to loads of things, but yeah. I was going to do yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, she, would, she would say yes is what she means. Well, like, I think the point was that Ozzy was off shagging some yeah. people, yeah. and she just was like, well, yeah. you can't say no coming to like a lot young yeah, people. Yeah, her standard of judgment is basically just... They live in a different world. But, and also, I think that's what you've got to accept if you date somebody who is that type of person and that famous. You've just oh, got yeah. to deal with it or not deal with it. If you were a rock... If you were like a rock star as well, yeah. or like she was like a manager. I yeah, think, when he she's was like a yeah, producer. Star. Yeah, like whether you're just like, well, our, our morality, whatever, as a relationship exactly, is yeah. like this changed. Is like, the industry, it isn't defined is by yeah. mon- monogamy. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, they seem fine. I mean, he does not In, seem fine. <laughs> if anything, Dickens was the first rock star. Yeah. Segway back into oh, the story. Oh, Jesus. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, let's go back to Dickens. So, it's a story in a mess so far. Well, I'm trying to tell it, but... It could have um, just started with Charles Dickens. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to introduce these people in the yeah. background. She's never going to bring them up again. Yeah. <laughs> Shout back to last week. Oh. Right, so Dickens. Um, right, Dickens, yeah. So, Dickens is already at yeah, this point Dickens. of the story... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a successful author, um, and he he's quite a, a philanthropic kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he co- he goes to the north of England at this point. He's from London. Yeah. Charity in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the, the. I suppose I go to the north. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the uh, Manchester Athenaeum, um, which is a philanthropic organization that helps the working poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, people were like quite uneducated, powerless. They're exploited by the factory owners, um, ignored by everyone in upper society. So and, much has changed. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and he had a bit of a social con- conscience as Dickens. He so he wanted to go and see what was going on. Class there. consciousness quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then he saw all this stuff and he was like, right. I'm going to write this pamphlet for everyone to read called An Appeal on Behalf of the Poor Man's Child, uh, which I think was moderately successful. Pamphlets were like a big thing at the time. It's like the first, if you're a fan of his works and you read and he's coming out every single week in the strand or whatever it was published. That's like the when you're watching Comic Relief and then it cuts to the video of a comedian yes, in Africa. Like, it is exactly and you're like, that. Oh, no, yeah. I feel guilty about watching. <laughs> yeah. And it's got some kids crying and Kate Bush is playing. You're like, oh, oh I feel yeah. Bad. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So, and he, he created that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always woman's always work that's playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Bush, but oh, Fields of Gold is one that often plays as well. The Sting one, yeah, no, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, at this point, like he was like, uh, yes, we did this pamphlet, and um, people kind of were like, ugh, okay, whatever. And he was like, wait a minute, I'm a novelist, like I can do this pamphlet, but as a novel. Um, so that is what he did Um, so a bit more background on the people I talked about before so um, Adam Smith um, had like about 30 years before had published or maybe a bit more before had published um, something called um, an inquiry into the nature and causes of the wealth of nations which people now just call the wealth of nations Mm -hmm. which I've actually read very boring mm. and a lot of it's just like some thoughts that you might have that then later on you realize are wrong but he just wrote them all down um, and everyone's like yeah Adam Smith. i think it's like um that john peterson guy who, mm. um 
like I had to read a lot of boring old texts, influential yeah, texts when I was did. at university. Yeah. And you even go, wow, this is the first time I've heard of this thing which lots of people already think and yeah, know about. exactly. And it's only influential because they were the first people to, to write, write it down. down. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just sometimes, some of this stuff is like, literally, you've, you've just thought of it off the top of your head. And then it turns out, oh, it's already an established theory because that man once wrote it down. Once wrote it down, yeah. Like 200 years ago. It would, yeah, and then you think this would have occurred to people beforehand. Yeah, surely. definitely. It was, it was occurring to everyone, but he was the first one to write it down, I guess. Um, Adam Smith I particularly don't like as well because he um, couldn't do anything without his mum up and like up until he was like a full adult and everything. Yeah. His mum did everything for him. Like oh. he was just like you know like so lazy and useless that mm. she literally she fed him, she yeah. like clothed him, she bathed him. Like it was disgusting. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's like honestly, the more you <laughs> read about it, the more unexpected to him. Yeah, he's like he literally couldn't do anything for himself. Definitely basically. a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, but the, the whole thing about the wealth of nations was that um, self-interest is good. So um, basically, if everyone just does their own thing, looks at, out for themselves, everything balances out perfectly. Uh, the invisible hand of the market, oh, here we yeah, go. <laughs> um, does you know allocates labor and capital, mm. um, and the economy grows and everything is in perfect balance. It's good that like. Um... Uh, like neoconservatives, like the Conservative Party in our country and the GOP in America. Mm. Uh, so this book written over 150 years ago is still it's like, relevant. It's still, yeah. like, also, it's just yeah, like the revolution is not really over yet. Let's yeah. see how it pans out. <laughs> yeah. Fuck well, it's know. like so. The idea of it is like if if the state if the government doesn't interfere with the markets, they all balance each other out perfectly. Mm. And I can kind of see the appeal of that. It has like a natural feeling to it it's a, it feels like nature it feels like um it feels that when yeah it feels like a flower blooms and a bee pollinates it yeah. and then you know like all that stuff goes on and on um but i like not since i don't smith because i don't know and we're going off topic here i don't know if his idea of it just meant that corporations and companies could just ignore the law and not pay taxes like i'm fairly certain he used to like there needs to be some government involvement yeah. to keep so, this yeah, it's actually a bit more, yeah, it's a bit more complex than that. And actually what people have taken from Adam Smith is like, they've taken their favourite bits yeah. and run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think he There's a bit about idiot. women and Jews not working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mad for Don't that. Matter. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, still, his ideas were stupid, I think, or whatever, you know, fine. Um, so, but everyone at the time, anyway, goes ape shit yeah. for this stuff. Uh, Charles Dickens is like that is not real like it's all bullshit mm-hmm. um, so there's a bit in uh, A Christmas Carol I don't know have you guys ever read it yes yeah I mean ago. if you've seen the Muppet Christmas Carol it it's actually quite the close best Christmas Carol. Yeah. yeah I might read the Christmas Carol, A Christmas Carol again actually because it's one of the few old timey books that I can get through it's um, quick as well yeah it's very short yeah and like some of yeah some of it you don't you don't know the odd word here and there, but it kind of isn't relevant. Yeah. Like you can just you can just push on through. And um, in your head, you imagine it's like the fire poker. Fo- yeah, like yeah. Fozzy Bear. And- oh yeah, oh, right, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was from a, no. a joke from a previous week yeah. where I was like, if I don't know the word in a Victorian novel, no, I just that, imagine a fire poker. In my head, I'm just reading it. It's like, and then and then Scrooge imagined his he was at Fizzy Wink's Christmas yeah. party, <laughs> and it's Fozzy Bear. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. yeah no, this, this this reads for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. I did have to like try and not imagine <laughs> the, the Muppets. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So. Uh, yeah, if you remember, there's a bit where like some charity collectors come into Scrooge's office, and they're like, um, "Professor Bunsen, Honeydew, and Beaker." Yeah, exactly. And they're like, "We wanna, we're trying to raise some." It's so synonymous for you. Aren't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Um, and they're like, "Oh, we 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 want to um, raise some money to help the poor, basically." Mm. Um, and Scrooge is like, well, my taxes go to the prisons and the workhouses and, you know, people who are badly off can end up, just go there. Like, what's the problem? My taxes deal with that. Um, and then people are like, and then the, one of the guys is like, but but they can't always go there. Um, and someone else is like, the other guy's like, and they'd rather die first. Um, and Scrooge is like, well, if they'd rather die, then they better do so at once and decrease the surplus population. 
So, and when you watch The Muppet Christmas Carol, you're like, that guy's a cunt, and that's Mm. it. But what is actually interesting is, if you're reading those words in 1843 when they were written, you'd realise that it was actually um, a massive subtweet. So, Charles Dickens was like, everyone would be like, oh, as they're reading it, because they're like, oh, he's so tweeted. Um, and so everybody would know he was talking about Reverend uh, Malthus or Maltus, mm-hmm. um, who had taken these Adam Smith kind of ideas. Um, his main work was called An Essay on the Principle of Population, and it's published in 1798. So I don't know, like fi- not quite 50 years before. So it mm-hmm. was, you know, he it wasn't a very current subtweet. Um, but it was, but it was well known. Maybe like someone referencing Nixon now. Yeah, exactly. But possibly at the turn of the century, something was happening that everyone was like talking, talking about. about it. Oh, this is you know, it's like well, someone referenced still, Nixon now. They need bit, Trump, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and and I think because ideas didn't move around as quickly as they do now, oh, it's yeah, still it was quite a rev- well. yeah. relevant idea. So he was famous for arguing that um, basically the population will inevitably outstrip the resources that it needs to survive. And then there'll be a population collapse or crisis, which will like balance everything back out again. So you know, in nature, like if one um, species is, gets too dominant, the predator-prey principle. Yeah, they so the predator eats all the prey that's available, and then there's nothing left. They all starve, and it shrinks the population back down. And then the the prey, prey population booms. Exactly. This w- was. Slightly tipsy, and this is a Christmas episode, and it's had more high-end concepts in it than yeah. any previous episode. <laughs> I've never done economics before, but <laughs> maybe I will every episode, because this is, this is working out quite well. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so he's looking... So this guy, Malthus, is, like, looking over history, and he's like, oh, it's not, it's not growth from the dawn of time to now. Mm-hmm. It's boom and bust, and it's yeah. this, like, kind of up-and-down kind of principle. Um, which does sort of make sense. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not entirely wrong. Um, but need to endorse it. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So his thing was that the poor people who starved were just the surplus population. Just kill the rich people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Yes. Please. Sponsor out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So he was like, "This is just what have, has to happen. The poor people just have to starve because mm. this is how it. This is how the cycle works." Um, Dickens was obviously he, he loathed him obviously sexy Dickens was like I'm not having any of this shit um, he was telling one of his mistresses one evening have you seen how yeah. outrageous <laughs> yeah. the man's got no morals if, honestly if I was in the pub and some guy was like that I'd be like oh he's alright so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, hey girl, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and so Dickens thought that Malthus is Malthus had like lost sight of that it was actually people that he was talking about, which fair play. And he was a reverend, so he should have known better, in my opinion. Well, um, so, uh, but and also moving on to workhouses that it was also mentioned. Workhouses were obviously really grim, as you imagine. Mm-hmm. You wake up. You do some work, you eat some gruel, you do some more work, and it's like heavy lifting and like basically slave labor under different words, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a what's ironic, really, given the current circumstances, is in the 1800s, people were like, oh, um, p- lazy people just go to workhouses and get, they know they're going to get free meals mm. yeah and like yeah and they're, they're actually yeah they're, people just do tons of manual labor <laughs> yeah and it was and they were like yeah they're just trying to like get they're just freeloading of this of the situation so they made this thing called <laughs> tories like, never change i know you know, isn't it? yeah <laughs> like yeah jacob rees mogg would have been as successful a politician yeah. in mm. fucking 1851 i'm not entirely convinced that he was born recently i think oh, i do yeah, wonder true. whether he's a politician yeah. from those actual he does he looks like yeah yeah, screwed um so they brought this law in uh, 1834 called the poor law which made workhouses worse like the whole thing was designed to make it even more torture to be in a workhouse and thomas yeah thomas malthus just like fucking loved it he was like yeah exactly i mean god born or on (laughs) yeah i remember jesus specifically only feeding two people who could have (laughs) thought Yeah. Rather than five hundred people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, 
And so there's even like a bit more of a subtweet as well in A Christmas Carol. And it's aimed again at Malthus. And um, it's about not caring enough um, about the children of the poor. Um, So as as I'm trying to remember, I've written Bob Cratchit is a gorgeous babe, which he just really is, isn't he? Like he just loves his family. He works hard. Never been that big a fan of Robin Kermit's nephew who played. Oh, yeah. but in that, he's good, I Tiny think. Tiny Tim. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the one... I'm not crazy about the song where they're walking. Because you can see Kermit's legs, oh. it's a bit weird. It is it's really nice, weird. though. Whenever you see the Muppets walking, it's yeah, a bit you go, too whoa, much. Whoa, 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 like, um, but yeah, that's his best yeah, his best role. Yeah, Bob... Sorry, Bob Cratchit. Yeah, I was thinking of yeah. um, Tiny Tim. Bob oh. Cratchit is a... Yeah, good lad. Yeah, good lad. yeah Kermit, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so Dickens writes these scenes where uh, Scrooge... Goes to the house. Scrooge's underclerk, a frog who is married to a pig. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so they go to the house and they see uh, Bob Cratchit doing all his stuff like, um, thank you to God for the bountiful feast. Thank you to Mr. Scrooge who. You know, like all that yeah. stuff where he's just like laying it on thick. Where I you're like, like when Miss Piggy oh. kicks off and she's like, "How dare you mention yeah, his name at my table?" I do. Yeah. I love the dynamic between those two. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Find... Why would a pig go to the front? <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter. But I think that's quite <laughs> nice. I think it's a really healthy like relationship that you look at growing up, where you're like, "Oh, a small man can go out with a large woman," uh, and that's okay. <laughs> that, I was about to say, my wife and I have the same dynamic, but not based on the size <laughs> thing. No, in that. Um, I'm a grumpus like Miss Piggy, where she's demanding like oh. Miss Piggy, but she's positive like Kermit. So like when Kermit's oh. like, you know, like she's angry, yeah, um, but not demanding, and he's like Kermit's like the most chill guy, yeah. Like he's yeah. just like, oh, let's get together, guys. We'll yeah. just try and have fun, yeah. Um, but I love that he loves Miss Piggy, even though she's a nightmare. He loves her like, because he just, of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I think that's really sweet. <laughs> anyway, um, couple goals. Yeah, yeah, it is. Miss Piggy, Kermit, um, Gomez. So yeah, anyway, yeah, so basically uh, Dickens writes in these scenes where Scrooge turns up and he sees how decent Bob Cratchit is mm-hmm. and he sees that his little boy, Tiny Tim, is dying yeah. um, and at the end, uh, like later on, there's a scene where they uh, gather around Tiny Tim's little crutch yeah. and they're like, and they're like, oh, we'll never forget you, Tiny Tim. Um, like gone but not forgotten. And Cratchit is by Bob's like broke. He's, he's, he's the son he loves the most. Yeah, he's the gone. Little cri- the little crippled boy. Yeah, is exactly. Dead now and yeah, um, and that was all about. Um, and then and then I can't really remember how it actually happens in the book. So I'm kind of going a bit off piece here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's about how um, the how important these kids are that these poor kids that are. That Malthus is like, oh, they're just a surplus population. Yeah. Um, yeah, the end. Well, well yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so, I did fast forward a little bit right at the end because I realised I was fine. going on a bit. Um, I didn't they, know yeah. that um, A Christmas Carol was basically a fucking shout out again. I mean, but it yeah, seems, it seems obvious when you think about it because sometimes I, particularly around Christmas and coming from a, a poor family, um, I was saying this to, to you earlier on the, the, the WhatsApp group that mm. we've got with just lots of working class people in <laughs> yeah. it. Um, like we really valued Christmas because it was like the kind of one time where you could, like, reasonably spend money on each other and yeah. have time to each other and kind of not feel guilty about it, even yeah. though you would feel guilty about it in January. Yeah. And what I never understood is the Christmas Carol is so pervasive in British culture as mm. like a, the story that yeah. everyone is told at Christmas that I never comprehended how. Uh, a Tory could watch it and yeah, get the wrong and like it'd be, like, it'd be yeah. like yeah no greed's fine it's like no look what ha- look what look happens to Scrooge the fucking message like, of the sorry <laughs> death comes to him and says yeah. people will hate you once you're yeah. gone he goes and Tori's like yeah well I'm rich while I'm alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like do they not look at like that scene when he when he sees his own grave and he's like oh what poor soul yeah. is buried here who's this it what kind of dirt bag's got no mates <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it turns out to be him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole, it's basically the whole of the Christmas Carol is one massive subtweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the end. Yes, wicked. Yeah. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, my story is um, also political. <laughs> Excellent. But it's exciting. Yeah. Well, I think it's exciting. So, and, oh, shit. I didn't write down the date of when this occurred. <laughs> it's 1950. All right. All right. It's 1950, right? Um, so there is a student at Glasgow University who goes by the name, well, it, it is his name, Ian <laughs> Hamilton. Who goes by that name? That is yeah. his name. His name's actually Brian Johnson. Yeah. But, uh... um, so uh, he has received funding from um, a, lo- a local Glasgow businessman um, to um, inspire Scottish independence and kind of not birth the idea of like Scottish independence, but um, in a post-war era, post-war Britain, um, Scotland and England were, were almost like entirely unified. Labour, because they were in power, given up their idea with giving Scotland power. Um, the SNP was polling at like an all-time low. And for some reason, the Conservatives were doing really well in Scotland. I didn't even know the SNP existed back yeah, then. Yeah, uh, but basically, what essentially what happened is because of post war austerity and because, you know, Englishmen and. Everyone kind of had to pull yeah, together. Englishmen and Scotsmen yeah. stood side by side and died in foreign fields. Yeah. But the discussion of the union was just not on the table okay. for a few years. Um, Come to 1950. Uh, yeah, Ian Hamilton received some funding from a, um, a Scottish. Um, independent, a, a Glas- Glaswegian businessman to come up with something to reinvigorate the idea of Scottish independence. Mm. So you really gestured then. You're yeah, like, yeah, like, come yeah, on, I'm not even Scottish, and I'm like, yeah, come on, independence. Was raised. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Hamilton recruits two students, two of his fellow students. Um, what the fuck is that name? Guan Vernon. Oh, oh, Gavin Vernon. <laughs> Gavin Vernon. The media you'd turn into like a little uh, yeah. Gavin Vernon, Alan Stewart, and um, a domestic sciences teacher, uh, a woman. It's only important for later I on. knew it was going to be a woman when you said domestic sciences. Um, Kay Matheson. It's 1950. Yeah. Kay Matheson. Probably the only teacher a woman was allowed to do back then. Yeah, I think um, so. So he um, gets them all together for this project that he's got. And his project is to steal the stone of scorn. <gasps> now, for those that don't know, which is anyone, everyone, everyone the stone of scorn, sometimes called the stone of destiny in Scotland, um, was an ancient stone that Scottish monarchs would be crowned upon to become the king or queen of Scotland. Um, but it was taken from the Scots by Edward I, known as the Hammer, um, after he's like, he's... <sighs> In the Scottish what independent wars of independence, yeah. Um, ah, fuck, I need to write down when that was. I was so excited about this. <laughs> oh this bit's not I've that heard, important. I've heard like the Hammer of Scotland. Yeah, like yeah. he like really fucking 
brutalise the Scots. Yeah. Um, and then they, so they took this stone, which was like where the Scots would get um, crowned. Mm. Uh, and he took it to um, back to London. What the fuck? And kept it in Westminster Abbey, and it was fitted into King Edward's chair, which is where the monarch of England <gasps> gets crowned. Um, and, and thus, when an Englishman is crowned, or an Englishwoman is crowned on the King Edward's chair, they are thus also the King or Queen of Scotland. Yes. So that's uh, where you get that. What is that? King James the first of Scotland and sixth of Britain or yeah, England? Like, yeah, you yeah. Can, yeah, it becomes like this weird confusing. number system. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, the, sto- around, the Stone of Scone, um, or the Stone of Destiny, is like a symbol of Brit- uh, Scottish nationalhood. Yeah. Uh, in England's taking of it is a symbolic gesture of I mean, dominance. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so Hamilton and his crew are going to go and steal it. Oh, um, to, Yeah, to resurrect some Scottish pride. Um, so this happens at Christmas. Which Great. is why the oh, story this is, is a called... Christmas story. Yeah, which is why the story is called The Christmas Scone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's a few days before Christmas. They drive down from Glasgow um, in two cars. Um, I don't know what they are. Two, like, crappy old cars. It takes them 18 hours um, to drive from Glasgow to London. I don't think much has changed. <laughs> like, still take about eight hours to get to Glasgow from Leeds, even. Yeah. It's like, it takes forever. Well, yeah, but 18 hours is more than it takes. Yeah, maybe so. the cars are I really wonder whether... Shit. Yeah, I suppose in those days, the cars are shit. The roads are probably quite bad. And they probably made a few stops on the way. Yeah, probably. Um, so, two, it's two cars with two members of the crew in each car, basically. Yeah. Um, a few days before Christmas, they meet in London at Lion... Lion with a Y. Yeah. Lion's Corner House, which I think is now like a tea room. Oh. It's like a tea room and inns and bars or whatever in the 50s. Mm. Yeah. And they have a few drinks um, and they G themselves up like, we're, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, let's just do it. Like, um, So that afternoon, Vernon and Hamilton, so uh, Gavin Vernon and Ian Hamilton, they go to Westminster Abbey, Westminster Abbey, where the Stone of Scone is. In oh, is that where it is? Yeah, yeah. it's in Westminster Abbey, uh, which of course is open to the public. Yeah, so like yeah, I used to work there. Yeah. So um, they go in, and what they do is they like hide underneath like a trolley, so that <gasps> when it closes down, they kick out, kick out everyone after hours. Oh my god, I love it. They're left in there. However, um, uh, which one is? Caught. Oh, uh, Hamilton, Ian Hamilton, the <gasps> ringleader, is caught by a, ga- a watchman. He's caught hiding behind a statue, holding his shoes in his hands because he wants to make a, a noise oh, on the cold floor. That's yeah. Mm. Um, so he's kind of growing like, what the hell are you doing in here? And he manages to fast talk his way out. Yeah. Um, what does he say? Do you know? He's like, oh, I, um, oh I've got no I'm place lost. to stay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, in the story about Scottish, like, Scottish heroes, I'm going to be mocking the Scottish <laughs> yeah. Um Anyway, he manages to fast talk his way out with his shoes in hand and is beaten, is given a Merry Christmas on his way out by the dad. Like, he, you know, Aww. charms his English way people out. are like that, aren't we? We're Suckers. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're out and they're like, oh shit, what happened? So the next day is Christmas Eve um, and um, Alan Stewart in Hamilton go back again in the in the morning and what they do is because um, so they couldn't pull it off without what's his face Hamilton the so they're kind of like casing the joint at this point oh, I so see. they're going I in, see. in the uh, Hamilton and um, Stuart Alan Stewart um, start a conversation with the Archdeacon oh. of Westminster just chatting about whatever but what they what they're able to do while they're doing that is somehow surreptitiously get the rotors of the Guards no. who work the evening shift. Um, it said that they just overhear it in conversation and can't believe they look like oh, like oh, can you believe how we look? Like, oh, that's good. And then Bernie yeah. say it in Scottish as well. <laughs> um, so they now know when their night works. The night watchmen are yeah. on, and they decide like, let's go for it. We're, we're going to rob Westminster Abbey on yeah. Christmas Eve. Um, oh, yeah. So, in the middle of the night, amongst like the streets of London, it's still the 1950s, so you know, Labour hasn't introduced all night drinking yet, but Christmas parties are going on. You know what, Westminster, they, so Westminster is its own little situation. Mm. It's 
a borough, but it's also technically a city. And you can't buy alcohol after 11 o'clock anywhere in Westminster. Oh, really? And I have been caught out very badly. I mean, in a pub, yes, but not a, in a in a shop because they yeah. don't want you to be boozing on the street. Um, and there's been a couple yeah, of times. Place, messy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's been a couple of times. What's that, Northern as well, love? <laughs> yeah, you've got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time, accidentally, me and my friends were wandering around Soho, which is in Westminster, looking for a nice bar to go in. We'd been in this very strange lesbian bar that I don't think is there anymore, which we didn't realise was a lesbian oh, bar nice. until we <laughs> until we were in there. <laughs> And they gave us like massive discounts on all the drinks. We were all women. Um, but they gave us like massive discounts on all the drinks, which was great. Uh, and I think that's why it doesn't exist anymore. It was dead, mm. which was the problem. Maybe they give you massive because you're the it's only so patrons hard. because. Yeah. I mean, surely they like, it'd be weird if they just gave you, your small group of friends, yeah. discounts. Oh, no, it's lesbian me personally. Oh, right, <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it's for lesbians, yeah. is Yeah. It? <laughs> um, what was really interesting, though, that was um, the woman who was a bartender was like, or the bartender who was a woman, either way around, um, was like, um, she, you know, um, tequila, people have tequila and lime and salt. Yes. Um, and she was like, you shouldn't have lime and salt. That's just bullshit. She was like, the original thing was cinnamon and orange. But, mm. yeah, which sounds really good. And then, it sounds better, but I don't know. Yeah, like well, she was like, well, she was like, the original thing was cinnamon and orange, but they couldn't. In Britain, they they didn't used to be able to get cinnamon orange, so they just did lime and salt. Um, that seems bollocks. Maybe, but cinnamon orange. So she gave us a tequila of cinnamon orange. It was very nice. Um, but anyway, after that whole scenario, mm-hmm. we went looking for a bar. We ended up in what turned out to be a private party, but it looked kind of like a weird bar from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it was some kind of art school party. They were all just like art students, just like, like sexually going sexually about. Sexually going about. Yeah, exactly. I've met art students. Yeah. I'm, and then, I you know, know when, like. <laughs> yeah, you know, you go in and they're like, oh, here, have a have a drink out of my bottle. You're drinking wine out of the bottle. And yeah. they're like, here, have a sip. And you're like, oh, way, great. Um, but then I was like, oh, we need to, if we're going to stay here, we need to buy our own alcohol. They thought we were part of the party. We weren't, but we were, we were yeah. joining in. It was all fine. I was like, we need to buy an alcohol, but obviously you can't. After Good 11 balance. o'clock yeah. in Westminster, you can't buy alcohol. So, um, yeah, and I had a really bad cold, and I'm pretty sure that, that poor girl that gave me a step out of her bottle would have definitely got a cold off me. Died. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, they're, anyway, they're in Westminster. Yes. It's the middle of the night, and they decided to go in. So, um, the three lads, Hamilton, Stuart, and Vernon, um, they sneak in to the building through a pile of works, building works covering Poets' Corner in Westminster Avenue, which is like where all the poets and writers and fancy people of English society are buried. Right. Um, so they managed to crow, just crowbar a door, door open and go in through there. Oh, nice. Kit outside. Uh, Kit's outside. Both the cars are parked outside in Westminster. She's waiting in one of the motors oh. to get out of there. Right. Um, so they go in and they find the chair and they find the stone in the dark. Um, but it's like fastened in, so they have to dislodge it, and they're kind of like you know, struggling to get it out. It's uh, it weighs three hundred and thirty-five pounds, which is quite old. Oh, I was imagining like a little palm size. No, oh sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have maybe described it. It's like three feet long, maybe a foot wow. deep, and oh. two feet wide. Like it's a real, <laughs> it's a real slab, like a headstone. Of, wow. Of yeah, I was imagining like a. a uh, I mean, I, th- I was mentioning well, kind of granite, but like they sit on it and they coronate, and you think yeah. it was just like a little tiny <laughs> rock that went up their bum. Balance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was no, it's like yeah. a bit. it's like the seat of a throne, imagine. <laughs> okay, um, fine. So yeah, That's they're trying to pull it out. Yeah, <laughs> um, and um, it slides out and smashes <gasps> on the they floor of the stone. They, they fucked the stone of stone. stone. <laughs> um, obviously, there's like lots of shards and stuff. Um, I bet they were like. No, oh no, oh, no man. yeah, oh gosh. Oh, sorry, Scotland. Um, so, I hope to be honest that it went silent and then they all just went, wait. <laughs> yeah. They would have been like, oh yeah, cunt. Yeah. You know, she's taking the wings from me. <laughs> um, so it smashes into basically two parts. Yeah. Um, one huge, very, very heavy part. Yeah. Um, and one smaller part. Um, to describe how heavy they are separately. Um, Hamilton can pick up the smaller part on his own and yeah. carry it. It's heavy, but he can carry it. The other piece is so heavy 
that um, he has to put it onto his coat and drag it across the oh. floor. Like it's, he, he can't lift it on his own. They decide to leave one part in England and hit one part back to Scotland, like Kate sharing the oh. tiara in Mingles. Well, oh, yeah. no, they, <laughs> no, they weren't as like, turns out England, you're all right after all. Um, <laughs> you have that big bit looked at a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, anyway. Hamilton is right, right. You lads stay here with the big piece. Well, I'll get this. We'll get. I'll get the small piece out now and come back. Mm. So he goes out and he meets Kay, who's in the car, and he puts it into the boot of the car. And um, they're about. She's she's about to head off when they spot a British Bobby walking down oh, the street. No, a copper, Take a copper. Yeah, you know, right no, no, no. They pull the old classic. Kay, and I imagine some there's some backstory here. Starts to smooch with Hamilton, like Ooh. does the you know does the quick kiss me, quick kiss me. So they start smooching outside this. Oh, I've set my mind. They start smooching <laughs> outside this car parked out the side of Westminster Abbey, right? And uh, I, like, by the way, would that not be the funnest thing? Like, if you were doing some undercover operation, you're like, oh no, we've got we've got a kiss and pretend that it's all fine. I bet Hamilton's lucky they got caught outside. <laughs> yeah. okay, he rung the, the he rung the cops. <laughs> Now I admit my love yeah. to it. But yeah, when I was writing, like I read it, I was writing the notes down, and I couldn't help but think, I was like, you wouldn't just, I don't know, I was imagining, like, if I was a single domestic education teacher with some, you know, a daring leader of a Scottish, mm. Scottish unionist, uh, so, sorry, Scottish separatist student, and I wanted to kiss him. Wouldn't that be the perfect time? Yeah, it would have been. Why did you choose her? Why were you? Why were you imagining you were her? I, I mean, I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I, I'm pleased. I just in thought, fact, yeah, like, well, because I thought it'd be creepy if he just kissed her. Oh, I see. So it she, be, she like, made it perfect. Yeah, but, but yeah, and then all the stories read as though she's the one who's like quick. And it says that's what they yeah, were, you they, guys are gonna have to cut that part yeah. out. What you realize? Oh, because if you, you <laughs> you're horrible, oh, disgusting <laughs> coughing. It says they, um, from what I read twice, it is they went into a lover's clinch. Ooh, which I was like, they were definitely already banging then. Yeah, I, I feel a bit disappointed because I, I would have preferred it if they weren't already banging, but there's some sexual I, tension. I don't know if they are banging. <laughs> I just think they drove down on the way down, they were having some bants, you know, like they were flirting. It was, was getting hot in yeah, yeah, but they were like, the man like was on the job. Nicholas Cage and Angelina Jolie and gone in 60 seconds. Maybe re sparking a love that had once Maybe, died maybe yeah. when they were youngsters. We'll never, yeah. we'll, we'll never well, know. We'll have to look no. into it. Um, Anyway, right, so this Bobby, <laughs> this Bobby spots him, right? Um, and the story goes that he, on Christmas morning, uh, like in the middle of, so Christmas morning, uh, Christmas Eve nights, mm. really early in the morning, um, is so, like, touched by these two young I lovers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that he starts to speak to him. He was going to question him. And he's just so, like, oh, it's young love. And he starts to chat to him and he like, even offers him cigarettes. Even though it's five o'clock in the morning, he's just like, oh, how, how are you guys doing? Are you all they right? They might have been out all night, you know, on yeah, Christmas Eve, in, like, in hats, London. And yeah. if they're Scottish as well, he's, he's like, oh. Yeah, he's yeah. just hat. He's Christmas morning. He's yeah. not with his missies. She's, she's took the kids away. Yeah. He's just heart-touched by this romantic gesture. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the story goes that he's talking to him. Um, and then he hears something in the abbey behind them, which is Vernon popping his head out of the doors to see what is going on so long. But they distract him. <laughs> so when you said popping his head out, I thought this was about to get, like, grotesque. No, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> he pops his head out like, hey, where's he gone? We've got to... He pops his head out. Um, they then notice him over the copper's shoulder and distract the copper by telling jokes and, like, laughing really oh hard at him. Uh, and like, they're oh, like, clocks yeah. what's going on. He's like, oh, go back inside, go back inside. And like, they go back with the stone. <laughs> you can actually better be like, what the fuck? And then like, they're yeah, like, oh, oh. He's like, back up. So anyway, eventually, yeah, Vernon goes back in. Eventually, the copper leaves them alone. Um, they get into the car and they drive out of Westminster. Hamilton, after they kind of got out of Westminster, gets out the car. Because um, the other the other getaway car is back there. Goes, walks back into Westminster. Gets back into the church, um, sees that uh, Vernon and Stuart have gone, but the t- the uh, stone is still there. So on his own, drags it out on his coat. Holy fuck. He manages to get into the back of the car, 
Um, and basically, the suspension is like just above the wheel. It's so <laughs> heavy. When he's driving away, he sees them two walking back to the church. And he's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, lads? And they're like, oh, we thought you'd been rumbled because we saw that copper. Mm. And he's like, no, no, we're all right. So Stuart gets in the car with him. Vernon um, like waits for the first train and goes straight back to Scotland. So in the meantime, um, Kay Matheson, she drives her car to the West Midlands and leaves it with a friend, the car and the small part of the stone. Yeah. Um, Hamilton with Stuart and the big stone um, they drive to a field in Kent and bury it. Oh. And then they go back to Scotland. So they leave it all there. The next day, the police uh, <laughs> all over this. Christmas Day, there's, yeah, like, there's been a robbery. Been, and yeah. especially like Westminster Abbey, like they've broke into like the sacred English place. Yeah, where, <laughs> yeah. yeah where like the royal family all buried and stuff. Yeah. Um, the police find that the stone's missing. And they immediately think it's got something to do with Scotland. So, mm. for the first time in 400 years, the, bar- the, the barrier between England and Scotland is closed. What? And nothing can get in or out. Uh, it is eventually open, and two weeks later, Hamilton goes back and he collects the pieces from around the city and takes them back to Scotland. Um, so, he takes them back to Scotland and he delivers them to the business partner who had originally kind of like financed the operation. Okay. Um, who is a man called Robert Gray, mm. who is an SNP um, politician mm. and the owner of a stone masonry. Oh. So um, Robert Gray at that point, now in possession of the stones, has them repaired. Yeah. Put that together. Also, he has forgeries made. <gasps> He's a genius! And he puts... Um, so he puts a brass cylinder with a note inside the real stone and seals them all back up. Um, and then they leave it. In, um, in the meantime, I think in the meantime, all of those students are found and arrested by yeah. the authorities. Um, all of them plead guilty apart from Ian Hamilton. He says, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, he plead, yeah, he, plead, he feigns innocent, but he's clearly guilty. Yeah. Um, no charges come, even though they're all all clearly guilty and yeah. all like linked back to the crime. Yeah, the British, and by British, I mean English, English government steps in and says we can't prosecute these four Scots. Like, why not? It's like because if we do, the Scots will fucking lose their minds. Yeah. Because at this point, the opinion of the two, like Scotland, England, doesn't really know what the, why this is important. Scotland is now. Um, hailing really these unknown yeah, national heroes yeah, yeah. who reinvigorated the idea of Scottish independence. Yeah. Um, so a year later after the crime, they're all let free. A year later after the crime, um, the Stone of Scone, the Stone of Destiny, um, appears on the high altar at Arbroath Abbey, which is where Arbroath, Arbroath Abbey, where um, Scotland was first declared an independent country by a Scottish king oh, rather right. than an English king. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it appears and it's like a big national story in the hail of Scottish heroes and it reinvigorates the conversation of Scottish independence. Robert Gray, um, much later, died only telling his wife which, which stone would have been the real stone because oh. the forgeries appear in the 70s. And um, when he dies, she's asked which one's the real one, and she says, uh, I don't really listen, I wasn't into all that nonsense. Oh, um, the secret yeah. will die with him. The secret wow. did die with him, although some, you know, historians like, well, we know which one is yeah. the old one. I mean, like, they can kind of explain it. figure it out, but, like, yeah. you know, it's romantic, the idea yeah, that... it could be any yeah. of them. Um, and then anyway, um, come... Nine, so it's returned to Westminster, the stone. Oh, from, from oh what? Fuck oh, that. Fuck that yeah. Until 1996, okay. where it is returned to the Scots in acknowledgement of them being a separate I mean, And yes. Scotland and England have never had any disagreements <laughs> ever again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like as a Yorkshire person, I'm very up for Scotland having whatever they want, yeah. and Wales have whatever they want. 
because we'll be next. We want whatever we want. Yeah. And we should be able I remember to the independence, of the, the last independence referendum in Scotland. Mm. People joking, being like, oh, the North are joining. Like, yeah, I'd happily I would, fucking resolve. I was thinking, like, like, like could yeah, we, Scotland. yeah, could we draw the line? I mean, I don't think, I think the problem is the Scots wouldn't have us. Yeah. I think that's the problem mm-hmm. because we've been screwed over as much as they have. And as English people, we get the blame for it. So they're like, oh, the English, they've done this, they've done this. I'm like, yeah. my ancestors were working six days a week in a mill. Like, they didn't, they were not part of any of this shit. Yeah. What I mean is the Tories. Yeah. The, Tories, the, Tories, have the Tories have done it. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the north of England and Scotland are all on the same side. I mean, Scotland would disagree. The, the yeah. north of England and Scotland has more in common than then, the north of England. And, and the south of England. Yeah, yeah exactly. Agreed. Mm. So, what a political Christmas has been. Know. Yeah. Wow. Capitalism I, and Scottish independence. Yeah. Have you got your Christmas decorations up already? Ah, uh, new man. Ah, oh, what? No. Uh, Abigail doesn't either. I already asked her today. No. I do. I don't put them up. But yours are up. Yeah, we've got yeah. a Christmas tree. I, I went to like 14 or something like that. Don't want to wear it out, the Christmassy feeling. Oh, okay. As it becomes more dilutant no, as you get older, you need to concentrate. No, I've done the back. opposite thing. Um, I think it's partly because I know I'm working around Christmas. I'm working Christmas Eve and Boxing mm. Day. I'm starting now and I'm fully maxed out. I watch one of them. Um, what's her name? Um, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, Netflix. Um, she used to go out with Zach. And Vanessa Hood. <laughs> yeah, it's one like a fun. Yeah, movie. yeah. I watched one of them the other day. Yeah, I, she's good. Yeah. I Hood don't James. put decorations up because I live alone and I go home for the holidays. That's why, not just yeah. because yeah, I'm like a grump. That's Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. Should we wrap this Christmas yeah, shit up? Oh, so uh, oh, corrections. Pigs and blankets. Yeah. Not have any. Oh, that's wicked! Good. It's a Christmas yeah. miracle. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll come back to what I think were the Scottish. Economists. Oh yeah, I did oh, try to look me... that up, but I couldn't really do much with Scottish economists. No, I'm sorry, that's okay. I think I might be able to find Scottish widows. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, why don't you guys do the stuff that we do at the end while I look up Scottish economists? So you can follow us on social media. He's a crazy story. He's a crazy story on Instagram. At the overtake on everything else, if you just mm-hmm. want to read the journalism that we do sometimes. Um, you can if you like the podcast, you should throw us a few shekels on <laughs> Patreon. 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 Well, well, we don't know how it's pronounced. It wasn't correct. Oh, sorry, I thought you were correct. Correction. It's shackle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can do those. Also, thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for Jada for producing this. Have a nice Christmas and a nice New Year. Yeah. Do you guys do anything nice for New Year? Um, we we're going to Manchester, which is the for our first oh, not um, for it. to see some friends. Nice. Um, which will be good. We normally have it at our house. Um, so yeah, that'll be a bit different. What are you guys doing? Don't know. Yeah, I'm like we're like last minute is. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And like you know maybe the day before, or like you know that evening, but. I don't know. Like I, I hated New Year's when I was a kid, and I couldn't enjoy it. And then mm. when I was a student, it was my favorite. Why did you hate night. it as a kid? I don't know. Like I, I, New I felt like your parents being yeah. around, yeah, yeah making you tired when you've got to stay yeah. up real late. Yeah. I, I just remember falling asleep on the sofa at some random do I care pa- friend of my parents' yeah. house. Yeah. And then being yeah. when I was a student, I had lots of very very good memories of like mm. the night when if there are students still around, because yeah. I had to stay because I had a job, like. Yeah. It, it, that's when people had real goodwill for each other because yeah. like it's New Year, exams are coming up, yeah. we just finished the semester. Yeah. Um, but now, like, I, I don't hate New Year's, but I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh, there's a lot of pressure on it for it to be good and one person's having a shitty time. You know, if you go to a club, mm. a couple of years ago, the year that David Bowie and Prince died, um, we went to a New Year's Eve party that only played Bowie and Prince all night and it was absolutely fucking spectacular. It was just absolutely brilliant. But then I remember one of my friends wasn't really into Prince of Bowie, just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Okay. And then I felt like, oh, oh come on, it. like, <laughs> yeah. you G up yourself a bit, like, it's the New Year's. And they like, and it's different when you're single as well, like, 
Yeah. He was like off sharking, looking, uh, for, looking for dudes to bang. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to bang this dude, my wife. My wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is a woman dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do think, like, I'm, I am in many ways glad I'm not single, but those, like, those kind of moments are like peak, like, yeah. single fun. Being single is peaks and troughs, isn't it? Yeah. The memory yeah. of being single is always more romantic than when than you're the single idea. and really Yeah, alone. which is, yeah, depression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're on the guy. And also, to all you single people out there, you know. Yeah. Keep, it keep only takes up. one. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, when you're single, being in relationships seems a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Life's just hard, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, it so is. Grass is all yeah. 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 Cool. See you in 2020. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I tried to look up that thing. You're right. It's nah, too hard to look up. Scot- the Scottish economist, whatever. Yeah. Um, great. Yes. Yeah, I guess we'll take a little bit. We haven't discussed this already, but we'll take a break until we're new year. Yes. And then we'll start recording then. Webs. Oh, we can just Obviously. like Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.